In this week's episode, Frank sits down with Mike Diocision, General Manager and Chief Inspector of Sharptail Inspection Services, to discuss his journey from being an inspector to creating his vision of what an inspection company should be to fill some of the voids he perceived were present in the industry. Here we go. Mike, how you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's been a while since we've seen each other, hey? Yes, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Thanks for joining me today. Uh, Scott had some uh, family stuff. He couldn't make it. I know we had to shuffle the time around a little bit, but we still made it. Uh, 100%. I'm a little nervous <laughs> here. First time on a podcast, um, but you know, you made it in the industry when you're on uh, Frankie's podcast oh, and yeah. on the TA Rager's uh, Snapchat group. So I feel, <laughs> I feel good. I feel good. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so Mike, um, I'm actually pretty excited to talk to you. I've actually was thinking about getting you in quite a bit. Um, I know you started Sharptail Inspection Services, uh, which is kind of like almost... Oh, I guess maybe mine and Scott's dream, but also, you know, it's something in the back of the mind of a lot of contract inspectors of like actually opening up their own inspection company, hiring people. Um, personally, I like the idea of hiring people and providing jobs for locals, at, well, not locals, but just people like people across Canada or whoever wants to work. I don't want to pigeonhole myself there, but like just providing uh just providing jobs for people so they can go out and serve the community, uh, wherever it would be and, uh, provide for their families. Before we get into that though, we should probably do a little introduction about yourself. Um, why don't you tell us how you got in the industry, maybe some tickets that you're proud to hold or anything else you think, uh, our listeners might want to hear. Yeah. So I, I got pretty lucky. I kind of fell into the industry, um, right out of high school, didn't know what I wanted to do. So uh, just searching for, you know, what, what to do, where to go to school. So um, my brother-in-law, um, people out there might know him, Keith Chisholm, uh, he was taking the program uh, materials engineering at Nate. So um, didn't know what I wanted to do. They had a career day or, or you know, buddy type program. So I got to go uh, to Nate and sit in for a day and kind of see what that program was about. So um, really good opportunity because you knew nothing about the industry up until that point and uh, just seeing some of the programs that they were you know, teaching and the classes, it was like, well, this is kind of interesting to me. And uh, as you know, our industry is very tight and, and you know, yeah. there's not much known about it. So um, just started asking questions and I found actually I have a bunch of people that I knew in the space, but you know, nobody was really talking about it. So, um, you know, once you start peeling back the onion, it's like, oh, okay, I, I know some people, ask them some questions. They liked the industry. They liked what they were doing. So I, I signed up and took that two-year program at Nate. And uh, the good thing about that program is they, they have uh, summer student jobs. Yeah. So um, I applied for, you know, all of them. And uh, <laughs> I was going to take the first job that came my way and, uh, I'll probably talk about this a few times, but <clears throat> just got lucky. And uh, uh, there's two places in Edmonton that um, I'm sure they still do it is they, you know, hire summer students, Petrocan at the time, SO, um, both refineries in town here. Yeah. And uh, they both interviewed at the same time and uh, I did okay and uh, got a call back. And uh, for me, I was just taking the first thing that kind of popped up. Yeah. And, uh, about 30 minutes after the first call, uh, the, the second uh, uh, interview called me and offered me a job too. And I, being young and excited, I thought it was actually the first place calling a second time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had to turn down ESSO um, um, and uh, I you know, got a summer student job at uh, Petri Canada. Um, so from there, I uh, you know, worked the summer, kind of seen it as, oh, this is almost like an internship. Um, I enjoyed working there. It was a really good environment. Um, and I could see that they were probably going to be hiring, you know, out of school. So, um, got lucky out of school, they were hiring and kind of fell right into a plant inspection type environment right off the hop and a little bit tough to do. Like I know those jobs are out there, but 
you know, sometimes a guy's got to put some time in industry before he can, can land one of those um, cushy gigs or <laughs> yeah yeah and that's I think actually where we met way back when yeah uh, you were uh, out there too helping out yeah um well you know what that's something we talked about too when uh I think uh our first episode of this new season I think it was episode 16 and our, our season one recap is how to get in the industry and that was taking some of the NAPE programs and getting the internships but you know uh those two facilities are located within Edmonton and they're really good facilities. They have really good inspectors there and they're really good at teaching people how to become good inspectors, right? 100%. And if you can land that resident job in there, it's, it is something to be desired. I also had the pleasure of uh, meeting your younger brother as a intern there. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I probably wasn't as nice as, uh, it could have been a bit nicer to him, but... <laughs> All good. Paul has an effect on people. He was... Uh, <laughs> He's a fine young man, and uh, I think he's turned out to do pretty well for himself as well as an inspector and stuff. So it's, it's good yeah. to see. And I think, uh, you know, it was fun teaching him, him and uh, Mark another Sautner, I think Mark. Yeah, they yeah. were fun to take out into the plant and just watching them kind of look at stuff and scratch their heads and stuff. Even I was still pretty new at that time as well. Right. So yeah. it was it was pretty neat. So when I when I got to work there, um, it was an incubator like they. Yeah. You know, now I think they're, it's, uh, you know, very competitive out there. Um, it's a great environment to be in. But at the time, it was one of the lower, you know, placements out there. But yeah. for myself, it was, um, you know, a learning uh, incubator or environment where you got to see lots of different things. And, they, you know, they trained you, plus the people that worked there were super knowledgeable. So yeah. you got to absorb from all these experts out in the industry. So I was really excited to to start off there. And, um, they trained you as much as you want. So, um, yeah. that was my biggest perks were, you know, the learning experience, the training and, and, um, it was a great place to, to see industry, get to travel, get to go to turnarounds all over the place. But once you're in that environment, you always start, okay, what's the next step or how do you, where do you go from here? So, um, I was lucky that they, you know, trained me up both ticket wise and experience wise to get to a, a point where you can feel like, okay, maybe, maybe I can, you know, maybe I can go on my own and, and uh, contract if, if that's something you want to do. Yeah. I think actually, well, before that, I want to say though at that facility, um, the two facilities in Edmonton and some of the facilities in Fort Saskatchewan, um, especially the upgrading and the refineries, you have a chance to look at all the damage mechanisms basically in the book. Hundred percent, yeah. right? And you don't know, you don't even know how good you got it yeah. until you you go away from those places, yeah. Because um, it it uh, was years later that I realized, oh wow, you got to see, you know, most things in five seventy one. Yeah, you know, when you when I wrote that test, I was like, oh, we dealt with this, or you know, you seen that here, or this was at this problem at this point in time. So, yeah. um, really, really neat place to learn and put time in. So. Um, I always would tell, you know, other people was like, okay, you've been there for whatever, five years or eight years, but you get to work maybe two turnarounds a year. Whereas somebody in a different industry that's only got a turnaround every five years doesn't have that same level of experience, even though the years might be lower. Yeah. You know, especially working at a gas plant or something like that, exactly. but Not even, even in a gas plant, you still do get some good exposure. So true. I don't want to knock them. No, yeah. but you, it's you different. Know. It's yeah, totally it's, different. And, uh, yeah, different types of corrosion. So it's neat to see different things. And while I was there, the guys that I worked with were, were excellent. Like I've, I, uh, looking back, it's like, that was probably one of the best supervisors I had. The chief inspector was Dwayne Teed at the time. Yeah. And uh, he really just understood his his team. Um, it was built well, where it was like a diamond. Everybody had their own specialty. You can go to people for different experiences or problems. So um, you know, looking back, couldn't have couldn't have learned better. Um, and they also understood too that you know maybe it wasn't the highest paying job out there. So you know they they let you you know if you wanted to you know, work a turnaround on your days off, if it wasn't in that industry, they were pretty open to a discussion where, okay, maybe a guy can go out there and see some different things 
but still be on in bounds with you know the work environment. Yeah, air quotes vacation, right? Working vacation. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's really good though because not only does it provide you with some value and a little bit of extra money in your pocket, you come back with some more knowledge, armed with some more knowledge from you learn so much every turnaround, even though you go into the turnaround, like, okay, we're going for another turnaround, but like, there's always something new you see in a turnaround. And especially working in different industries, because yeah. they got, it might be similar it's pots and pans, but different types of corrosion or, or different challenges. So, you know, when you get outside your bubble, you have, you take the blinders off and you start seeing things in a different angle and then you can take them back to your normal job and, you know, maybe apply them. So yeah, doing those things and being, it was, you know, a multinational company getting to travel to different places um, because, you know, a crude unit here is the same as a crude unit over there, but maybe it's seeing a different feedstock. So yeah, different problems. And, and you got to meet your peers, um, you know, different parts of the company across the country. So you can balance questions off them. So it was just a great learning environment for myself and uh, really enjoyed my time there. But um you know, myself, I was always kind of setting the next goal or next, um, you know, what I wanted to do. And in the back of my mind, I always kind of felt like, you know, maybe there's something a little bit more, maybe a guy can uh, work on his own, right? Yeah, actually, I do remember you had almost like every API certificate. You like had the API like tank man watch like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> certification. Training was really good over there for sure. Yeah, I uh, I wouldn't call myself an expert in any one of those, but I have a working knowledge in a lot of yeah. different API tickets. For no, sure. I remember like seeing all the tickets you had and I was going, how the hell does this guy keep all that in that head? Like I learned one thing, something's got to come out usually. So yeah, yeah. no, that's good. So you know, obviously having exposure to kind of that type of experience and going through Nate and kind of learning the basics. Uh, I like to say, you know, post-secondary and even apprenticeships and up to your journeyman ticket, you learn the basics Mm -hmm. just to walk in the door. Like a lot of people think, well, I have my ticket. I should be able to, you know, get top dollar instantly. Like, no, you learn what, the minimum requirement is to even be a part of that club, right? That's how I look at it. So after all that experience, I'm thinking you must have saw something um, over the years, even as you branched out, I think you went from an employee to contractor after that, right? Correct. Yeah. And, and just to, to back up a little bit, you're hundred percent right that, that Nate is like the base layer of your pyramid where it's yeah. teaching you all sorts of different things because coming out, out of this, uh, you know, that schooling, there's so many different paths a guy could take. I just, you know, got lucky and kind of fell into one that I really liked on that API kind of path. But the more training you get, you know, the more more experience you can maybe get and just broadens your your vision. So when I was there, I made sure, like, you know, you can't reach API for a while without some experience. So mm-hmm. got the NDT tickets, which, you know, looking back was like now great because you know, if I need to go do a uh, little LPI job, you know, you have that in the back pocket. I know there's some people out there that may think, oh, I don't need to do NDT, but, you know, having it doesn't take anything away from you, but not having it, even though maybe you know everything there is to know about LPI, um, if you don't have the ticket, you know, you technically shouldn't be doing it or, you know, in, yeah. the, in the eyes of a client. So I was, I was, you know, lucky that I wasn't, uh, you know, thinking too much of myself where, you know, you don't want to write everything. So I, I wrote a lot of those, you know, NDT or entry level, level one tickets early on, and then got able to progress to like some API tickets. So, um, sorry for backing up, but, uh, that was just a little more of the backstory about some of the different, you know, levels of training a guy can get early on. But, uh, yeah, I did see, uh, uh, a need or, you know, a want, uh, just personally to maybe, you know, work for myself. And, uh, in the back of my head, I always said, well, you know, once I'm at a maybe certain level of experience or, you know, have this many contacts or, you know, maybe get a certain ticket. So in, in my brain, I just said, when I get my national board, maybe I'll see, you know, what opportunities are out there to go contracting. Um, and, uh, you know, luck behold, after I had that ticket, you know, it wasn't long after that, uh, you know, knock on the door came or the phone rang where it was like, Hey, there's an opportunity to go contracting. Yeah. You know, do you want to, do you want to take it? So 
I took some thinking because, you know, you, you put some time in at a place and, you know, you get to, to work around <laughs> really good guys. So it's sometimes a hard decision to make. Yeah. But for me at the time, the industry was uh, very busy and, uh, you know, the pay increase was uh, more than I was making and uh, felt like I had just the right amount of experience and put the amount of time in to kind of just, you know, hang a shingle. So, um uh, Len Adler was the guy actually that called me. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was like, come up to Synovus, a uh, contract on a seven and seven shift. So it was almost like a half step or like a baby step out of the employee role to be on my own. Yeah, well, it helps when you know somebody. But actually, I'm curious, how come the national board was your like, oh, okay, I'm ready to be a contractor now? Or is it just like, I don't want to pay to get this ticket. I'll let the company pay for it. Well, it, w- it wasn't so much that. It was more of, you know, I don't want to pigeonhole myself. I want to I want to be able to kind of look yeah. at anything. Because the more tickets you had, the easier it is to, to you know, get on a turnaround or, or go, go do a job um, where maybe they want you to have XYZ. So... I just yeah. wanted to have a you know a really nice uh, broad level of uh, certification so that um, the sky's the limits. So I can do whatever you want. Well, also what I was thinking when you're saying that is like when you're young, you just want to snap up as many tickets you can because that's always another pay increase, right? Especially being an employee or something of an NDE company or even a, a we'll say an energy producer, uh, you know. Any other ticket or any other certification you can get is going to be a little bump up in pay because you're providing more value to the company. And that's something that you don't always quite see at that time. It's like, well, I just want a a pay increase where you don't see that it'll start paying dividends like a decade down the road that you have that ticket, right? When I was doing it, it was a little different. They weren't bumping it up every time. (laughs) (laughs) um, In the long run, yes, it it, uh, definitely helps out. But, you know, it, it... comes to a point where you hit a max and it kind of doesn't really matter. But, you know, if, a if, a a company's paying you to get certification, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah, for sure. So, um, for myself, it just, you know, made me, it separated me from, from the next guy. So, um, that was kind of my intent and national board was just the one I picked as, okay, I'm probably not going to get any more beyond that because I, you know, had a bunch other ones before that. So it was just a a line in the sand that I kind of, um, made and uh, got lucky with a phone call. So, all right. So are you, um, like, are you registered with national board or are you, is that you're just talking about ISI, like IPBV? Correct. Uh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I, in Alberta here, you can only, you know, get that if you work for ABSA or your company has, you know, a stamp. So <laughs> right before I left, uh, Suncorp ended up buying Pitch Canada. And I remember me and a couple of the other inspectors that had the national board were trying to use Fort Max yeah. uh, stamp to get ours, uh, but it didn't didn't work that way. So uh, we weren't so lucky to be like an actual commissioned. Actually, Scott is a commissioned <laughs> right freaking national board inspector. That lucky, lucky bastard <laughs> there. <deal>. Right? <laughs> yeah. So like he he's really good with boilers and stuff like that. So good on him. But yeah, if you do need a commissioned national board inspector, you can talk to Scott. How's that, Scott? Good deal. Yeah. Plug, you're plug not even Scott. here and I'm plugging you. <laughs> so um, cool. So now moving on to a contractor. Uh, or even as an employee, like, did you see anything that were, you're kind of like scratching your head? Like, you know, I could probably do this better, or there's something that I can do to actually either help my company or like maybe had a vision where I could start a company and start for fulfilling these kind of things for, for clients and kind of like a bigger vision. Or is this something that just went from like employee contractor to, Hey, I can actually like get work and start employing people like it is that is that kind of how it went well when i decided that i was interested in just going on my own you know you'd see companies out there and and you know some of them at the time it was like well you know if, if they can do it yeah uh you know with a maybe better attitude or or you know positive spins on things like if they can do it i could probably do it so yeah. it was nice to just validate that okay it's doable <laughs> uh, you know it's it, probably hard work and, and that's about it so um you, you kind of need a shot or you need a, a window or an opportunity to kind of go out there and, and do it and you know we were lucky because we were kind of working some holidays testing the waters you know dipping the pinky toe in um and i, I kind of enjoyed that moving around to see different things because some places that you know if they're only doing one thing and you come in with a different perspective um you know it might solve a problem so 
Uh, I enjoyed doing that. And um, when I did go on my own, um, you know, if you're if you're doing things on your by yourself, one man show for a while, you start thinking, okay, well, maybe maybe I can grow this to be more than that. So, um, you know, lucky my brother also is in the, in the industry. So um, after being on my own for about a year or two, um, Paul was working for uh, like a small NDT uh, engineering company, and uh, you know we we got chatting where it's like you know I'm working for for these guys. Um, you're contracting, you know, I kind of know the upstream space, you know, more of the, you know, refining big plant space. Um, you know, we can probably team up here and, and, uh, do some damage. Yeah. So, um, you know, probably over a few beers, it was like, yep, that sounds like a great idea. Um, so we teamed up and, you know, hunted out our first client, uh, somebody to give us a shot and, and, we were just looking for, you know, somebody that were, was going to give us a, a chance and, yeah. you know, being smaller, our overheads lower. So we're able to do it more efficiently, cheaper. You know, I think on my website, it says there, you know, all our guys are multi-ticketed, all that kind of stuff. We were, so that was kind of our angle where it's like, you know, instead of sending two guys or two crews, you're, you know, you're going to see one person here yeah. and uh, we're going to get it done um, safely, efficiently and more cost effective than our competition. And, <laughs> and they kind of just started snowballing from there. So, um, yeah, we were off to the races. No, I think that's pretty neat. So, okay. So you got your first shot. Um, what was, I don't want to, I don't want to talk too much about it, but like, what was that like? Like it must've been a lot different. Like when you did your first inspection gigs, you probably went through some of the pimping companies, right? Like some of the, like yeah, the, yeah. the bigger guys, right? Or whatever other company. Like I know some of these larger companies use headhunter firms to to do that. Or, you know, you have your bigger, um, more well-known NDE companies that just kind of, you know, pluck, pluck, pluck you out. Like we talked about in the claw episode where you're like, you're just a number and like you just, you get sent out to go do some random inspection job with like minimal kind of stuff. But after getting your first shot, it was like, it must've been pretty good. But thinking about it now, like it takes a lot of work. Like you have to develop inspection reports. You have to develop like a database to like keep all these records. You have to make it accessible to the client, deliver all this stuff on time. Like that must've a lot of people be like, Oh, that seems daunting. But like also to me, like I'm, I, I think we're on the same level where it's like, it's kind of fun to figure out these problems and kind of see already what the industry's done is like, how can I, put my own little twist on this and make it a little bit better. Like how was that process for you guys? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And going on our own, we seen some of the challenges or the quirks, um, you know, working for those bigger companies and we're like, okay, well we can, we can do that better. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was working mainly a seven on seven off shift when we started me and Paul and, uh, you know, it helps when you have a good partner that you can lean on and kind of bounce stuff off. So I'm, good at some things. Paul's good at, you know, things I'm not good at. So, um, you know, our team worked well. So I was, you know, lucky again to have a really good partner, um, you know, going down this journey and uh, working that seven on seven off shift, it was like, okay, you're working for your seven days on, but you know, in the nights you're preparing for your seven days when you're off, which you're going to go, you know, do more work. Yeah. Um, So uh, (laughs) pretty cautious at the beginning, but you know, I think our first client, you know, when we were bidding the job, we wanted, you know, hundred LSDs we were going to inspect or something like that. That's what I felt comfortable, you know, getting done in the whatever time period they gave us six months or so. And, uh, where my brother was more like, no, we, we want to, you know, whatever they're going to give us, let's, let's go out there and get her done. So got, kind of got pushed into the deep end and, uh, you just, you just got to go with it and, and roll with the punches. So, before that, though, you know, you're developing your safety <laughs> programs, you're developing your report template. Yeah. But, you know, we we are very nimble. So if, you know, our clients want to use their own form or their own sheet or their own report, it's whatever, whatever they want. Whereas I know some companies out there are pretty rigid where it's this is what you're getting. Yeah. So that was more of our spin, whereas we're, you know, um, you know, cheap, fast, better than than our competitors. And we're not going to tell you, no, we're going to, you know, work with you so that you're getting the end product that you want. So that was our, our pitch. Yeah. Well, I find it's a weird kind of like, 
um, spectrum of reporting. Like, obviously you guys developed your own reports and you're like, everyone's going to love these reports. And then you go to a client and they say, no, use our report. And it's going to be like a half a page check sheet where you're like, this tells you no information. Like what's the point of even doing this? Or there's the other end of the spectrum where it's like 10 pages long and they're like, okay, you need to check every like stud and like document which grade each uh, like stud and nut is on there. And you're like, why do you need all this information? Like this could be like a one sentence kind of checkbox kind of thing, right? Yeah, there's definitely lots of different forms. (laughs) We've seen a lot of them. So, you know, we try and work with clients to try and, you know, maybe recommend or guide them because at the end of the day, it's, you know, their equipment. So we're not there to, you know, resist, but but to recommend maybe a better way of doing it. And if they, they want to go with it, great. If not, we kind of will use whatever they want, but we're For noticing sure. more, more and more, like everything's going electronic. Yeah. Um, so we're working with a company actually to kind of develop a online kind of check tool. So we're trying to, you know, get with technology and the latest and greatest things always evolving. So, you know, I, when I was working with, uh, Scott Fong, uh, you know, for MTL inspection, like right when I first started, that was like the first kind of thing we talked about was like, why don't we have iPads with like electronic check sheets we can upload to the cloud? You know, we didn't realize that like the, I don't know what to, like the infrastructure wasn't quite there to execute that yet. Like it's just starting to get there, right? That's and, right. And, I think we're, we're at the cusp of it. I think, you yeah. know, in two years we'll, talk about paper and we'll laugh, right? Yeah. So, so it is pretty neat to see that. You were 10 years ahead of your game there, Frankie. Wow. If I was any smarter, I would have actually started developing that, right? I was just, <laughs> I was still too young, too young <laughs> and wild to, to get on that. But like something like that does, it does add value, but also like it needs to be done the right way else. It's going to be useless. Personally, I still like going out there with paper and taking notes and typing it up. I like taking photos with my uh, Olympus freaking TG6 because it takes freaking the best photos, I, in, in my opinion. And uh, I just like reporting. Whatever report template they want me to write on, for sure, that's fine. But like, as long as I can take my own notes and take my photos and explain whatever I saw the way I like, I like that. I think that's because we're old, we're old now. I, I like those maybe, old guys. Yeah. Yeah. I enjoy <laughs> doing the same thing. I'm an Olympus guy too. So it's. Yeah. Yeah, the I, best. Right? I, I hear you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and, and I know, like going out to some of these uh, plant sites, implementing some of this newer stuff, they're out there in a vessel with an iPad that's pitch black, trying to take photos, and you're like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, like wh- that photo adds zero value to it, right? Hundred like, percent. Yeah, I think in in two years' time, we'll we'll be having a different chat, but I I totally agree. The old Olympus hand bombing some notes on my glove. That's the way to go. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Searching for 10 minutes because you left your gloves in the smoke pit. Like, yeah. go, where yeah. the heck is that? <laughs> That's right. So uh, aside from uh, getting your first customer, like what were some other challenges that you guys might have faced in, in starting the company? Like once you did get that first opportunity, like was, I don't imagine like any other business, like all of a sudden work just started pouring in. Like you still then had to go maybe ask their permission to say like, look, this is what we did for this company. This is what we can do for your company. Like, cause that. Yeah. We, the way we started growing was a, like very strategically just because we were pretty small, um, where we didn't want to overwhelm or say no to people. So at the beginning we didn't really advertise. We weren't, yeah. we weren't really, you know, selling the brand right off the hop because we were, you know, learning every day different things that needed to be done. So we were lucky that we had a really good client off the hop that was growing kind of with us too. So after we got, you know, the first scope done, here was the second one. And, you know, that rolled into the next year where, oh, it, it you know, doubled to the point where it's like, okay, we need to hire some guys. We need, we, you know, it's beyond just the two of us. So, um, there was my cousin actually who wanted to get in the industry as a, as a helper was our, our first hire as nice. Yeah. Junior guy. Uh, not really knowing anything about the industry. So um, it was just nice having somebody you can trust uh, to go out there and, you know, get the work done with you and, you know, to teach somebody. So, and, and, you know, I talked about how old we are now. <laughs> it's, you know, you get to the point in your career where, you know, you start seeing some younger guys come through and, 
you think, oh, that was me, you know, before, you know, I've asked that question. So it's kind of nice to kind of validate where you're at or, you know, the level of experience you have. So it was good to to go out there and, you know, show some experience and, and you know, coming from the refining space, you know, working on say some upstream, you know, well site um, sites, to me, it was great because it was different. Um, and you got to take all that big plant experience to look at, you know, a small separator package and find stuff that maybe the last two or three guys missed because they were looking at it at a different angle than you were. Yeah. Yeah. There is some cool stuff like, you know, obviously maybe some separator stuff and like the gas stuff is a bit different. Um, the amine units are pretty similar, but it's like almost a shock, like how much either, either how sour the gas is coming out of the well that they're processing on these little dehy facilities or something like that, or the amount of CO2 that's coming in it. And you may not see that stuff downstream at the refinery, right? That's right. Yeah. And so you're it's, like, it's totally cool. Whoa, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's, if you have an open mind and, uh, you know, not think that, oh, I've worked somewhere else and this is like, you know, not that important, you know, if you have a bad perspective, you know, that you shouldn't be doing that work. So, yeah. you know, when we started working all over the place, it was just neat to see because you got to apply things from other places you work to to find new things. Because sometimes, you know, you find a Princess Auto uh, hydraulic fitting used for methanol injection yeah. <laughs> that is on a vacuum. Well, like that could be bad, right? So, yeah. um, and that might've been there for 30 years that, you know, the last few guys missed. So um, just neat to, to get to go out and travel. I think you talked in some other podcasts about you get to see some pretty cool parts of the country. Oh, it's gorgeous. Awesome. So um, that's kind of where we were growing um, when we first got uh, into that space because, you know, once you're working for one client, the next one across the fence kind of sees you guys out there or, or you know, word of mouth starts to, to travel um, that, you know, these guys are doing pretty good. So um, that's kind of how we, we started growing when we were, um, you know, pretty small. Um, so we just kind of were doing more organic kind of growth where it was manageable because most of that stuff's a list based. You got to the end of the year to do it. So you can kind of juggle things depending on, you know, who's got a compressor outage here or there. Yeah. So that's kind of how we slowly started growing. Um, when we first started. Yeah, no, that's, I still kind of dream about those days where I was just bombing down lease roads going to well sites and then, you know, especially in the Rocky mountain house area and uh, you know, like around Caroline and stuff like that, where it's like fairly open farm field and then you got a little separator and a pump jack or something. And then you look out back there and it's just like Rocky mountains and you're just like, I'm getting paid to just hang out here. Well, not hang out, but like, you know, this is gorgeous. Like, yeah, there's, there's some beautiful spots in the province and even like you go into the prairies and there's coolies and, and, uh, Spots that, you know, I, I got friends that live and farm in that area and you tell them where you were, which is maybe close to their house and they don't even know that exists yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, you, you get to put some miles in. So, oh, um, yeah, really enjoy that, that world. And then in the same breath, uh, you know, in a big plant, there's different things to see too. And my guys that are, you know, more heavily upstream focused when they get to come say to, you know, a big refinery turnaround, they're excited too, because, you know, it's different, it's new and, you know, you can kind of cross share your experiences and your knowledge. So when we got started, that's where, you know, my brother Paul and I really excelled was, you know, he, he had a really good experience and knowledge in one space and I had it in another and it overlapped and we were able to kind of cross, you know, two big industries in Alberta. So that, uh, that was lucky for us that, uh, you know, we had that, that background and experience to share. So yeah, uh, it's actually, it's pretty neat, actually, like you said, watching someone who mainly does upstream all of a sudden come into a, uh, like an upgrade or a refinery situation and then sit there and look at a 180 foot tall tower that's, you know, 30 feet in diameter and be like, okay, we're crawling through this thing now. And they're like, holy hell. Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. But, you know, uh, you know, you've probably been with guys like that. You share your experience or, you know, some tricks like start at the top, work your way down. Okay. Always <laughs> use like, gravity. Yeah, <laughs> Things like that where... <laughs> You know, you, if you're, if you go with somebody that's a little experienced or has done it, you know, it becomes like, oh, okay. And, you know, five, 15 days later, that person feels very comfortable in, in a refinery setting, right? 
Yeah, I, I personally feel like you need at least two guys to do the towers that big, right? 100%. To do them efficiently, <laughs> you know, I know Scott helped me out last turnaround we were on. I had a, a similar, like, uh, atmospheric tower to do like that. And it was like, it was maybe only 40 trays, right? But it was freaking tall and like... It was 30 feet in diameter and you couldn't, it had the trough trays in between. So it's not like you could just roll across the tray onto the other side of the tower. That's the like, worst. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, I've been in some big ones where, you know, there's four man, which yeah. you can't get across. So even four dudes, um, you know, ripping down makes it way better. Cause if you got to go up and out and around, it just, it, you know, it com- comes a lot, right? Oh, you get, and you get disoriented. Like it, you know, trying to write the nozzles down, writing nozzles or, or the guy before you on on night shift writes him wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Night shift never does that. What are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah. There is some, there is some cool stuff. And even I know at one of the facilities we talked about, like they have a huge, uh, butanizer where normally during turnarounds you take a man basket with a crane up to the top, right? Yeah. That one's always fun. So, um, okay. So, now that you're growing as a company, you're going to start hiring people. And I think this is where most of our listener base is actually going to start being interested in because we've had a lot of questions on like, how do I get hired? How do I move up from either being a CWB inspector to an API guy or from an NDE tech to API? Like this is stuff. Now that you're, you're growing as a company and you're looking for some bodies to fill some spaces because you're getting some... Uh, getting some more contracts or you guys are feeling more comfortable that you can take on more work. I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, if there's anything that I missed. Yeah. Yeah. Like what, what are you looking for in, in hiring people? Like where, obviously your cousin, I think you said was your, was your first hire, right? I think going with your brother and, and crossing your knowledge base, uh, was a really good idea. And it's also somebody, you know, you can pretty much count on, even if you have blowout fricking, brotherly fights or whatever, right? You're, you always have that tie and you're always going to kind of hundred percent rely yeah. on each other. Yeah. So once, once we're, we're at the point where, okay, we got, we got to hire more guys. Um, the biggest thing that we look for is like, you know, attitude, right? Yeah. Because you can teach the rest. So, um, that's, that's the biggest thing I think in, in our industry, like if somebody's you know willing to put the time in or, or willing to learn, sky's the limit. Like you can, you can, you can do whatever you want, right? You can, you know, start in the industry not knowing anything because I think day one when I was at the refinery, didn't even know how to climb a ladder, right? Climbing <laughs> a ladder right behind a guy because you just don't know. Even though growing up on a farm, like maybe that's normal. But, um, <laughs> you know, coming into the industry knowing nothing to getting to a point where, okay, you can go in on your own or, you know, end up hiring some people. The sky's the limit. You can, you can, you can do whatever. So most of it comes down to, you know, hard work or, um, you know, putting that time in to, to invest in yourself to get to the next level. And I, when I say I, you know, look at some of these younger guys, it's because I've been there is because, you know, I used to be the guy that, you know, you get the, the one ticket and you think you're worth top rate or, or whatever. (laughs) We were all there. Um, so, you know, circling back, once you actually, you know, see a few things and you realize, wow, the more I'm learning here, the more I realize I don't know, right? So investing in yourself by taking more things or learning more, or reading more or going to more turnarounds um, just helps you because you you become a better inspector. Yeah. So having the proper attitude, though, is, you know, what employers want. So the rest can be taught. Um so if you if you're getting into the industry, or maybe you have a couple tickets, like putting that hard work in. You know, um, if if you got to go to some place where it's like, oh crap, I'm gonna miss you know this weekend fun thing that I had planned. Um, maybe that's where you're gonna see something that you're gonna you're gonna think about for the rest of your career, right? So you know, deciding whether okay, maybe I'm gonna put some hard work in now so that you know it's easier later, or you know in the books on the weekend so that you can study on your own time. Cause you know, some employers don't, you know, want, want you to get so many tickets all at once or yeah. maybe there's no time or, or some, some sort of factor. So, you know, it usually comes down to, you know, yourself as a person to decide like, okay, do I want to do this? Right. Do, do I want to uh, be successful? 
because yep. usually that's a limiting factor, but usually we're looking for guys that are, you know, um, willing to learn, um, you know, like being in the industry, you know, like the different, uh, places you got to go or, you know, that turnaround circuit because it's cyclical, right? It's, you know, busy Springs, yeah. you know, summers maybe normal and then falls are busy and then, you know, you get to the winters and it's a little bit more manageable. So, you know, liking that sort of cyclical environment that we work in, um, those are things that we kind of, you know, try and try and find. Yeah. Well, that's actually probably one of the challenges actually owning an inspection company. I know when I worked for some of the smaller companies where it was like turnaround season was good, but then you got to try and find that uh, LSD work or like corrosion survey stuff to kind of fill in between. And not only is it important for inspection companies to do that kind of work, but it's also important for the producers or the owner users to get that stuff done, to start planning for turnarounds. Right. So like it's a never, there's a never ending cycle within the actual, you know, job description, either as a, as a resident inspector or as a contractor, depending on where you can kind of get your gig, but like trying to align yourself and like kind of say, go do, do a couple turnarounds a year to get the turnaround experience while also doing the corrosion stuff is probably the best way to do it because then you're starting to learn what and why we're doing turnarounds and why we're going into equipment. And then um, from there you can start to kind of leak into like scope planning and turnaround planning like that. And then actually start understanding like, okay, we have all this information, let's digest it and turn it into a scope and then execute it and turn around and then do the on stream kind of afterwards uh, follow-up inspections if it's needed or anything else that needs to be done afterwards to ensure the, you know, I'm doing air quotes here, integrity of the equipment, right? That's right. And, and, you know, if you can do that work, cause like we do some of that where it's like, okay, great. Now, now a person can actually see the flow, especially if you're entering the industry to like, okay, why did we do that? Yeah. And I really like when our guys are inspecting and then, you know, they're going to go write a test and they're starting to sudden like, oh, okay, this is, this is what we actually are doing, or this is where I can find it. Um, so it's just neat to see the cycle. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just, uh, it's a, it's a great, you know, experience for guys if they can get that type of work to kind of understand why we do things. Yeah, no, it definitely is. It's very important. So if you are maybe a contractor or new to contracting or an employee, like pay attention to actually why you're doing these things, even as an NDE tech, like why am I doing UT at this elbow or why am I, you know, x-raying this shot? Like, what am I actually looking for? Are we looking for cracking? Are we looking for erosion? Are uh, we looking for anything else specific that, you know, might be occurring just because of process or because of previous work history or operational history, I guess I should say. Yeah. And if right? you're, if you're a, you know, a, a guy new to the industry or you contracting and you get teamed up on a turnaround with an old gray hair guy, like that's usually the best scenario because, you know, if you have a good attitude, that person's going to share with you. Like I, I got lucky, you know, everybody probably knows Ron Vanderwood out there. <laughs> first tower ever I yeah. was I went through with him and you know I didn't know anything so you know the guy took the time and uh you know showed me um you know things that you, you don't know unless you you kind of go through it or go somebody with with some experience so yeah Ron's pretty awesome actually yeah yeah so it's it's nice to see like you know once you start getting along in the tooth that you can pass that on too but it comes down to the you know does a person want to learn because I've had you know other people thinking you know they know everything and it's like well if you know everything i guess i don't need to tell you uh, if you if you're not open-minded right no for sure and that kind of you know i think we kind of think along the same mind frame where you don't bring that person back out into the plant because like it's just it's it's a weird kind of dichotomy while you're sitting there doing that because they're chirping the whole time you're like this is not what's happening no, like you're looking at this from the wrong angle and then they're talking to people that they shouldn't be talking to and saying stuff and you're like quiet yeah quiet. no 100 uh, and uh even though i got to see quite a few things so far in my career i always try and go in with cold eyes so that yeah you don't miss anything and we we work all over the country some you know sometimes they're not speaking the same languages yet yeah and it's kind of neat because, you know, it's a great test because, oh, you can't read the old report. <laughs> you're going to go in this piece of equipment that's from the 50s yeah. and uh, maybe you're going to find something new, right? So uh, um, that's kind of how I go into most of my stuff where it's like, okay, well, um, what are we going to find today, right? Open eyes. 
Yeah, no, it's it's really neat. So, what else have what else what else have you discovered in creating an inspection company? Like, how is it um, dealing with some of those bigger players? Like, is it a challenge to kind of work around them or work? You know, you're all kind of vying, not always for the same contracts, but it's always kind of like a looming presence where like. They can throw money. They can lose money just throwing manpower at it just to have a truck with their name at that well site or on that site. Yeah, for sure. That's definitely out there. Like big players in you know our competitors and big players, oil and gas companies, they both have their quirks. Um, as we as we started to grow, you know, you, you got competition. You you know have to bid at some of these bigger players. We just try to sell ourselves differently and be unique. So as we're growing, all of our our guys have different multi-tickets that um, set us apart from our competition. So that's kind of been our strong point is, you know, we have guys that, you know, maybe call them the unicorns that, you know, other people can't find. So, you know, my competition is less because I'm not really chasing the same carrot as those guys. So we're a little bit more strategic, you know, being a little bit smaller and lower cost, able to do things more, more cost effectively. Um, so, you know, we, we try and do things different than our comp- competitors um, and truly be innovative too. Yeah. Because a lot of times that rate sheet is set or that form is set. Whereas for us, you know, we're able to bid things, you know, fixed cost or, um, you know, any which way the client wants to see it to, to set ourselves apart um, challenges I've seen with, you know, working with some of the bigger, um, companies out there as far as, uh, producers is sometimes they're pretty rigid. And I've noticed even like we've been around, I think 10 years now, it's almost gone through a little cycle where they, everybody's fine using mom and pop and no, you got to go through body shop. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going back to the mom and pop because that body shop that isn't, you know, in this continent doesn't really care about about uh, the service, right? Yeah. Whereas, you know, if something bad happens, I can be there, you know, after this podcast. Um, you know, if if the call came in, but you know, if you called the body shop, they might not pick up because it's the weekend or it's a holiday. Yeah. So that's really where we kind of set ourselves apart. Um, we also like sh- sharp tail. You know, guys like your age, there, our age. I have a really good pool of subcontractors. A lot of guys that are one man shows. And, you know, you try and create a, a buzz or a brand or a work environment so that people want to, you know, work through you if you have the work. So um, we're able to pull from, I'd say, the best of the best out there in industry. So if you get a big job and they want a certain guy or certain tickets that nobody can find, I got, um, I got, yeah. yeah. So that's been our really, our push, really. I I would agree with that. I think the network of people that we know like we're i I I don't want to i don't want to include myself in this they're pretty top-notch and it's it's always like an actual pleasure to see these people on turnarounds and actually work with them and like pull from knowledge and share knowledge with them birds of a feather flock together like uh i i really enjoy going to some turnarounds because i get to see my friends or like industry friends so some jobs like, oh, perfect. Even if maybe they're not working for Sharptail, or, you know, they're on the list. It's like, oh, great. I get to see these guys that I haven't got to see in a while because we're busy or, or whatever. And you, you have a great time because you're feeding off each other. You know, you're, you're able to, you're all thinking the same. You're bouncing stuff off. Everybody's got a good attitude. Um, it, it's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's a great industry in, in, to be in, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it really is. And like you said, having access to all those guys, that was something that was in the back of my mind. And I'm happy you said it when we were kind of initially started the conversation about hiring. It's like, there's a good pool of contractors that you know that you can pull from, right? And along with just finding random dudes on the street that want to show up and do good work, right? So yeah. it's, and, and, you know, if you worked with a guy and, you know, he knows somebody that's also like of the same skill set and, and like-minded, that's when it starts to, to grow and expand. So yeah, I've, I've haven't, I haven't been in a situation where I couldn't provide, you know, X amount of inspectors, but, um, you know, 
before COVID, we had a huge job where the list of the guys that were going to go to this tournament, I was like, man, this is like all-star list in the industry. This is going to be great. Um, but, you know, things got pushed out and, and sizing changes. But um, we have a great list to pull from. Um, yeah. So that, that kind of sets us apart to the point where some of our competitors, you know, usually, you know, knock on the door to be like, hey, we, we, we don't got this guy. Can you can you help us? Right. <laughs> wow, that's good. Which I don't mind doing because, you know, maybe I'll be in a, in a situation someday where it's got to be reciprocated. So yeah, I'd rather work with people than work against them. So I, I try to grow the brand that way so that it's, you know, respectful and professional and I like no, undoubtedly. And I, uh, I, that's the attitude to have. And even when, um, I interviewed Cortland, uh, from Osprey inspection, like that was the exact same attitude he had, whereas he'd rather work with people and help make them stronger to kind of give the industry as a whole, a better representation. Right. And also put himself out there as someone who's a leader as opposed to knocking people down or like trash talking them while, while they're out there saying like, you hey, don't want to go with this guy or blah, blah, blah. Like, yeah, I worked with him. We helped them do this. Yeah. People right? put themselves on a blacklist. Yeah. <laughs> like you, they don't, you don't need to run people down um, because our industry is very small. I always want to see people do better and excel themselves. So if somebody's willing to, you know, absorb or learn or whatever, no problem sharing because, you know, if you're good at what you do, you never have to look for work. That's usually what I tell myself or my guys, because, you know, if you have a, if you have a positive attitude, you know, are competent or willing to work or willing to do the, the job, because in, 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 you've been in that upstream space, sometimes the, the job isn't over at five o'clock. It's yeah. over when it's done. Yeah. Which might be, you know, you know, well into, you know, the evening, um, you know, whatever the working hours, you know, for safe work is, but, um, it's, it's just a different world. So if, if you go in thinking, oh no, I'm like, I'm done at five, like, you know, that might not get you coming back. Right. No. And that's exactly what I was thinking when you're saying that that's one of the big, uh, differentiators between like someone who actually wants to be there and, and provide services for their client, even as a contractor, like a one man show, like uh, Scott and I are, or a service, like a full service provider, like you are like, some people will say, Hey, it's five, you know, the bus is going to the parking lot. I need to catch it. Whereas other people will be like, I would say the people you want to hire are the guys sitting there saying, no, I'll stay, whatever. I got to walk. Oh, you got a truck. You can drive me there at six 30 or whatever. Yeah. That, like you're There's, still on the clock, right? So it's, uh, it's, yeah. it's good. And, and that's probably a, a big thing for guys that maybe are on their own or just getting on their own is like having that flexibility and knowing when to, you know, bite your tongue or or yeah. be available, because, um, you know, one of my, one of my uh, long term um, subs that, that works for me all the time, right place, right time. We're on a turnaround. It's like, hey, do you want to come for a week? I think we're on to year three or four now. Nice. Um, so, you know, and the fellow just has such a positive attitude. Where it's like, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come. Or you know, perfect, right? Great. I need work. Um, not, you know, no, or I'll get back to you. Um, give me some time. Like just, you know, having that flexibility because, you know, he knows the role he's in, you know, you're a contractor, you got to work when there's work, right? Yep. So if you don't want to do that, maybe, maybe contracting isn't the, the, the right path. Maybe the nine to five yeah. job or something else is, is a better fit, right? Cause there, there's so many different things you can do in our space. It's just what's going to work for you or what do you want to do? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely have to choose the path that suits your lifestyle and it's all right to dip your toe in it a little bit, but like getting set up for contracting is, <clears throat> it's appealing because of the rates, but then you realize all the insurance you have to get. And then like, you got to start paying for your own tickets and, and you got to keep up with your own training. And then in your case, you got to start getting safety certifications from like, um, uh, accredited organizations, not just, Hey, I've got my liability insurance. Right. Uh, it's like, you need a, I think you're with core or something like that. Yeah, core. Yeah. And, and just onto your thought process there, like Serge Petrovic always says math doesn't lie. And we, me and him have worked together forever. And, uh, he likes he likes penciling things out. So one one you know day work and we 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 actually were talking about okay when does it make sense actually not to be a, a one man show contractor because you know you look at guys that have lots of experience as employees you know the holidays the training you you calculate what 
they're making when they're sitting at their desk, maybe, maybe they're making more than the contract guys. So, you know, yeah. there's a, there's almost an inflection point where it's like, okay, well, you know, maybe at this level years, the employee route is a better, more profitable fit. Right. So that's kind of how I took the next step where it's like, well, okay, you, you want to be one man show that that's good, but like what next, either you, you try and get some, some people that work with you or, you know, maybe you go back to doing what you were doing before. Right. So you got to pencil it out too. You definitely do. I was doing those calculations as well, like over the last little bit too, to see. And yeah, the nice thing about contracting though, is you can do so many different things, right? So if it's working for maybe some other things you got on the go, it's a great fit, right? So it's just, it's everybody's different, right? Yeah. It's the type of lifestyle you want to live. And also it depends, it depends actually where you live too in the country. Like Scott and I always joke, like we know a lot of guys who work out, uh, live out East in like Nova Scotia, Newfoundland and stuff like that, where, you know, the cost of living is considerably less and you can work one and two turnarounds a year and, uh, live quite comfortably right and just kind of chill out for the rest of the year whereas if you actually live in some of the western provinces where the cost of living is a lot higher like you got to constantly be working to kind of you know yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it like to maintain air quotes lifestyle or whatever lifestyle you want to live but it's nothing extravagant like you need to be pulling money and even just to pay your taxes and stuff and a lot of contractors have issues with that it's paying their corporate their gst and their personal taxes in on time like there's always dudes on the turnaround talking to cra 100 <laughs> if you're if you're going to go contracting don't spend money for the first year just live like you were before because yeah. there's lots of things that come up yeah. that you don't think about um but you know, going back to what you say, the nice thing about what we do is like, you can live wherever you want to. So, um, you know, I know lots of people that do that type Mm -hmm. of lifestyle where they, they work the turnaround circuit or they work their couple gigs to maintain their level of how much they want to work, which is awesome because what we do, like, you know, you grab your little lunch bag and your flashlight and your camera and you go to work. Right. So, you can go anywhere, which uh, is a big perk for people that want to get into this industry. Like you're not breaking your back. Yes. You got to crawl around some towers and, and uh, you know, clean manways with your coveralls basically, but um, you know, it's fun and fairly flexible. Right. Yeah. Mike, what do you think? Have we covered most of it? Is there anything else you want to talk about? I do want to talk about the services maybe that sharp tail provides. I think you guys do, kind of set a standard for uh visual inspectors but then you have like you said you have multi-ticketed inspectors to provide the rest of the services right yeah do you guys you teach I'll yeah let you so do it. so we we basically um we we are an entity company that also yeah. does integrity assessments so uh we offer third-party chief inspector services but our, our bread and butter is api inspection so yeah. um we work with you know my guys are all multi-ticketed you know, they work in multi-industries, uh, like they're killers out there where, <laughs> where um, you know, they're going out there getting stuff done very efficiently um, with, with a really high standard of work. Um, but our, our biggest thing is, you know, that API 510 stuff, doing turnarounds, doing corrosion survey lists, externals, but, you know, that same guy's doing the NDT. Yeah. So, um, and, and we've kind of, anything that's kind of specially or, or, or that's coming up in industry, like, you know, piping, you know, there's been big focus on doing piping projects. Like we got a kind of a team that goes in, you know, walks the line down, circuitizes it, builds the program, um, draws it up, puts the points in, does the UT, does the external. And I got one guy that is, he can do it all. Like, yeah. So, um, we, we've seen a need for that, so we'll jump on it. So wh- wherever we can kind of, you know, find a spot that, okay, there's not much people doing this. This is a requirement. We'll find a person or train that person to be the best um, that, that gets it done in a very cost-effective manner. Like some people, we send the bill and they're like, this is it? Like, <laughs> you, guys, you guys should be charging more for this. So, um, which, you know, it, it's, it gets us more jobs or, or uh, kind of keeps growing us. So, those are things we, we kind of excel at, but in the same breath, like we work with a lot of um, one-man shows or smaller NDT companies. So, oh, you want the best phased array guy? 
we got that. And I've had oil and gas companies tell me, like, okay, well, this guy's just coming through that, you know, you guys aren't going to do anything. We're still usually reviewing that report or coordinating that work or making that job happen so that the client doesn't need to, you know, lift a finger until they got some results in front of them. Yeah. Um, so I've had feedback from some of our clients being like, oh, you guys actually did something even though these people passed through you. So um, just because we've sat on the other side of the table as the you know client inspector, I know all the little quirks that, you know, bug a guy. Um, so we try and avoid that to make it easier. And uh, so far it's worked. Like we keep growing, we keep uh, getting new clients and expanding. So um, that that's pretty much what our company does. And we're, we're always adding, adding to the scheme too. Like we, the only thing we don't really do is RT right now. Yeah. But uh, we've been thinking about adding that to, to the uh, portfolio here too. It's just, you know, it's a little bit slower in Alberta. There's not as many projects. So I like to just be ready for when that, that, is ready and then you know we jump on it yeah well you know getting certified to handle actual like radioactive sources and stuff it's it's no joke it, it's a fairly lengthy process for companies to go through that to to get that certification or whatever else they need to be able to own them and then transport them and like there's a lot of procedures and stuff that you guys need to set up to ensure that you comply with all the regulations for that yeah. so so but if you see the need coming or you you know yeah. see a gap you can always prepare so that you're ready for when, when you're ready to do it. Right. So that's kind of what we've been doing so far. And, and we just keep growing and expanding and, uh, you know, getting our name out there. So So I don't want, okay. I don't want to put you on too much on the spot with this, but since the last couple, like the last podcast or the last few podcasts, we've been talking about technology integration. Is there anything that Sharptail is doing to integrate technology such as drones or anything like that into your services? Uh, we're not really uh, jumping into the drone space quite yet. Like I, I know I listened to you guys' podcast, um, um, and I think we're going to get to that point. Mm-hmm. But there, I think there's a bunch of hurdles that still need to happen. Yeah. So we're not really focusing on on that. We're we're more focusing on getting uh, the reporting more streamlined so that the turnarounds quicker, the billings instant, um, all those little things that you know take some time. Um, so that it can bring the cost down because right now the focus is doing everything for as, as cost effective as possible. So, um, you know, we're working with some companies out there where they have some really good, strong tools that do a lot of these things. Uh, we're not building them in house. Um, uh, we're just working with some partners in industry so that, um, you know, we can provide a better service quicker um, with some neat tools that are about to come out. I like it. I also like how you guys are focusing on the API visual aspect of it. I know it's all the other services are there to complement that and you provide them, which is good. I I don't want to say old school, but like it's, it's the, it's hard to find good visual inspectors who actually know process and know what they're looking for and go in there and can write a concise report. Yep, and exactly. providing people like that, it's becoming a bit of a lost kind of, I don't want to say a lost, well, maybe I do want to say a lost art, but like it's becoming a service that's getting lost in the shuffle of technology. Well, and the thing too is like, there's a changing of the guard too. Like yeah. there, there's a lot of guys that are exiting the the industry that, you know, were pillars or, you know, really good. Yes. And there almost seemed to be like a, maybe a little bit of a gap. So, um, you know, we're not that old, but, um, you know, there's there's a need for for that old school looking at something, um, and that that's where we we fit in. Um, the best inspection is always you know being able to look at something. That's yep. what I find. No, for sure. And I really liked is what kind of I was raised on as an inspector was piping circuitization corrosion circuit implementation and figuring out what damage mechanisms were affecting these circuits, how to separate them out and then how to execute the actual um, implementation of the survey NDE survey to figure out what's happening. And I know consistently, and I know, you know, as well that when you go to different sites, you just can look at stuff and go either this is really good or they have no idea what they're doing. Yep. Right. No, and it. and then trying to kind of figure out how to shift that. You don't really have to shift them, but like trying to figure out how to 
slide your knowledge in without making the, you know, making it seem like you're trying to be too cocky about it or change the world when you're presenting them with new information kind of, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, no, hundred percent. Right. Like it's, I think too, lots of producers, lots of producers though want to get there. Like, you know, some of them are there, some of them are working towards getting there. So that's nice to see in industry, but, um, I don't think our our industry is ever going to die as as five ten guys. Um, I know there's some producers out there that don't want to enter a piece of equipment. Like that's their their goal, never go in. Yeah, and um, I think that is a good idea. Um, but you know, sometimes you find stuff that are new, like new type of damage mechanism. Like yeah. I, I I've been on turnarounds where this thing has never existed before, or a process has changed that nobody recorded through an MOC. Now there's a new damage mechanism that we weren't looking for that isn't good for this material. So on paper, yes, I think that's a great vision never to go into something, but you still need somebody to, to put their eyeballs on it, to touch it, you know, sometimes smell it to figure out what, what is actually happening because I'd say a lot of the damage mechanisms that bite, uh, producers aren't uh what they thought was going to be there or you know maybe the operator did something wrong right so um it's unexpected stuff right so i don't think our industry is going to die um i think we will go through a cycle where nobody goes into stuff (laughs) there's going to be a lot of failures we're going to go into more stuff that's probably what's going to happen um but i just like passing that little bit of knowledge that i was taught down to, you know, the guys that want to learn. Um, so, you know, the guys that work for a company that are up and coming guys, uh, they're going to be great inspectors just because they, they want to learn and they, they like to, you know, get out there and see things. Um, so I'm excited for the future and, uh, good. yeah, it's, we got a really good crew, crew and, um, you know, I'm happy that, uh, our, our company's kind of done what it's done so far. No, I'm happy to hear that. I like watching, my peers succeed at stuff and it uh, makes me proud to see that everyone's doing such a good job and executing things the way that they foresee, even though I know there's a lot of behind the scenes challenges and being in the man watch required studios, uh, I can definitely appreciate those challenges. So where can we, before we sign off here, where can people find you? So um, they can go to our website, our website, sharptailinspection.com. Yeah. Um, LinkedIn on all the social medias, follow us. Um, we, we've had a really strong push here lately to get our numbers up for followers on uh, the social media. So, uh, we're doing lots on there. So definitely, uh, sign up to kind of follow us cause we're, we're always, uh, showing what we're up to or, or the Perfect. newest and latest things that we're up to. No. Wonderful. And, uh, I guess for the sign off today, something you said, uh, and Scott might like this one, uh, being that we always usually find stuff that uh, we weren't expecting, it's not always in the RBI. And Scott, I know you like it. The RBI said it wasn't there, so it shouldn't be. All right. Thanks for listening. See you guys later.